today on It's Time. That's why every day, every Christian, when we pray, when we get up in the morning, God help me do a good job for you today. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Now that's a weird verse. But if you think about it, it keeps us from gossip. Why do people gossip? Why do people tear somebody else down? Uh, It's really weird. Uh, Because the thing is, I do believe the bottom line in gossip is to lift ourselves up to say, look, I'm not as bad as that one over there. When in reality, we're filled of pride. We're filled of all these other things that the Bible warns about that masquerade as righteousness that are really as dark as it gets. So he says, he'll rejoice in himself. Why? Because you know you're doing what God's called you to do. You know, it's a good thing to take inventory of your life. I I know sometimes it's really painful. (laughs) In fact, I, years ago, my dad, we had a boat, and uh, as a typical teenager, I wanted to put a radio in it. And my dad says, no radios. And I thought he just didn't like uh, the Beatles, you know. But that wasn't what it was about. You see, when you go get away, and you take all the noise away, and all the TVs, and all the radios, and all the distractions, and the cell phones, and all that stuff, You're faced with yourself. And that can either be a great joy as you see yourself in Christ or a great terror realizing you're an empty person. I was listening to uh, some of these television actors. I think Jim Carrey was the, the guy. And I listened to an interview. And basically he was saying, I don't even know who I am anymore. He played so many parts in so many different movies that somewhere along the way he didn't know who he was anymore. That's always the problem when you play to the crowd. When you play to the crowd, you will always lose your identity because we become a people pleaser rather than a God pleaser. You know, when you're steadfast in the Lord, when you look, as it says here, examine your own work, you're going to be steadfast in who you are. In other words, God is the one that defines who you are. Let each one examine his own work. So we find a couple of commands here. I don't know if you notice this. One, we're to look at where we're going in our life. You know, a lot of people do that and don't like where they're going. You know, have you looked at your life? Have you seen where you're going? You know, a lot of times you won't know where you're going unless you look a little bit of where you've been. And if, and, and, and if the train ain't coming in on the station on time, you might want to examine where the train ran off the tracks. 
That's important. So he says, let each one examine his own work. That's one of the things we are to do. The other thing it says uh, that we are to examine ourselves. Uh, the other thing it says, if you see anyone overtaken in a trespass, restore them. So we find a lot of commands here that we're, uh, when we see things, but it's how we do it. So we find love is the key. We fulfill the law of Christ by doing what we do in love. You know, I want to be really careful not to be a disciplinarian as much as I am a brother in the Lord. That's what we're called to be. I let God do the discipline. You know, God has a way of getting our attention much better than anybody else. Have you ever noticed that? You know, uh, God has a way of uh, changing circumstances in our life. Well, he tells us here, each one shall bear his own load. You go, what in the world does that mean? Well, to put it in a modern day vernacular, for each one shall carry his own backpack. That's what it's saying. You look at the original language, that's what it's reflecting. You need to carry your own backpack. What are you? Where where are you going? You ever notice in a backpack you put in there what you need? I heard about a couple of people, they were having a contest going through the desert. And they said, you can take anything you want. When you go through this hot, barren desert. So these three individuals lined up. One guy had a bunch of canteens strapped on him, hanging all over. And he thought he was really ready for the long journey. Another guy was carrying several umbrellas to keep the sun off of him in the heat. Another guy shows up and he's holding a car door. And so... The interviewer, before the race began, said, I see you have the water. Yeah, so when I get thirsty, I can drink. Well, what are, you, what are you carrying the umbrellas for? Well, when, when I, I, uh, 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 the sun comes out, I can just put the sunshades up, keep the sun off of me. It's very good. Came to the fellow with a car door. Said, what are you doing with a car door in this race? And he says, well, when it gets hot, I roll the window down. You see, a lot of times we think there's a way to circumvent the obvious. But the thing is, we need to be prepared for each one shall carry his own load, carry his own backpack. In other words, we put in our backpack what we're going to need for the race. We don't want to, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to cross a desert, if you're on a a race, you don't put a bunch of stuff in your backpack you're not going to use. Well, that's what he's saying here. Now, he tells us here in verse 6. Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now this is just talking about taking care of pastors, those in ministry. I think that's all a very good thing, and we need to do that. He said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that he shall also reap. You sow bad seed, you're going to get a bad crop. That's just the way it works. That's why every day, every Christian, when we pray, when we get up in the morning, God help me do a good job for you today. I don't want to reap a bad harvest. I want to be about your business. Now again, what do we sow each day? How do we know what's good? Well, the Bible tells us what to sow. You see, if you sow love and forgiveness and righteousness and kindness, and gentleness, which, by the way, as we read in the last chapter, are all fruits of the Spirit, you're going to reap those things. But if you sow gossip, and envy, and strife, and backbiting, don't be surprised when it comes back and bites you. Why is that? 
Because we establish patterns in our life. Now again, the patterns can destroy us because we're not recognizing, as he says here, examine your work. That lets me know in comparison, what am I putting in the ground? What am I putting out there? And what do I expect back at the end of my life or tomorrow? So he said, don't be deceived. What you sow is what you reap. For he who sows to his flesh will reap flesh of corruption. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Every day we have a choice of what we're going to contribute to, not in a 401k, friends, or in our education, but in eternity. And you know, eternity is a lot longer and will last a lot longer than your 401k, and your 401k may not last very long either. We don't know. Your education can be excellent at this point in your life. You might be the very best engineer that you went to school for for years on cathode ray tubes. Oh, you're an expert. Until the technology changed to LED panels that you all have on your computer and laptops, which rendered cathode ray tubes, CRTs, antiquated. You see, everything's moving. But the one thing that will never leave you in the dust is love for God, because God always puts back into us more than we can ever give to him. He says, those who sow to the flesh will reap corruption. That's just the way it works. So, again, it isn't, you know, the Bible says all things are lawful for a Christian, but not all things are the best for us. When we look at that, we realize, God, I don't want to sow things in my life that are going to hurt my life. I want to have you put in my life what belongs. That's one of the greatest prayers you can pray. God, put in my life the things that belong, and God, please take out of my life the things that don't. You're going to find yourself blessed in the long run. Because God, via that invisible Holy Spirit, changes our heart concerning things. There are certain sins people just love to do. They accept Christ as their Savior, and the Holy Spirit inside of them goes, eh, eh, ain't buying that chili no more. And they move from where they were into what God wants them to be. He says, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. This verse is, is great. Uh, many years ago, um, I just, I, I, I wanted to tell people about Jesus. I didn't know how to do it. Uh, I, I, I was on staff at a church in California and, and taught Bible studies in different high schools, Roland Heights and Hacienda Heights and different places uh, four or five times a week and, and everything. I moved to Idaho and I, I, I just felt so alone because many churches, even today, don't even teach the Bible. They, they'll teach you a piece of a verse or a flowery idea or some self-help or self-motivational speaking, you know, that kind of stuff. I just wanted to hear God's word taught. And so I realized that people were... So I, I went down to the local cable company 
And I said, would it be possible that I could get one of your TV stations and I'll put on Christian programming? And so I went down and, 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 and talked to Mr. Walker, I remember. And, and he said, yeah, you, you pick a place anywhere within three blocks of my, my head in here. And, and uh, you pick a studio and I'll run a wire to you. And I said, I couldn't believe it. I said, okay. Uh, I, I, for a short period of time, I, I worked for Trinity Broadcasting as a cameraman and, and a kind of just a flunky build this over here, do this over there. And so I did that. I remember driving from Whittier clear down to Santa Ana, down to Dyer Road. And, and uh, it was quite a journey, but I did it because I, I just love telling people about Jesus. And I realized media was a great way to do it. So I went down there learned what I I did, ended up moving to Idaho. And so he said, yeah, pick a place. So I did. And I was excited. I was exuberant. I, I, you know, it was like the best way I can explain it is a kid at Christmas. Wow. I get to do something for God. This is a miracle. I get to run television and I, I don't know what I'm doing. So the stuff came in. I realized that I had to mix audio and video. I had some, some, players and things and uh some and by the way they didn't really have um uh cassettes like they did they had what was called old umatic they were great big three-quarter inch tape that's the way we did it they'd send them in uh they'd bicycle them in i'd show them put it back in the box and send them to the next location that's just the way i did it and um anyway it was exciting the ministry was exciting i'm going oh this is so cool I mean, I couldn't wait till I got off of work doing body and fender work to go down and, 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 and turn on television. Because it only broadcasted from about 6 in the evening till about 11. That was about as much as I could do. And I remember one other brother shared in the same, his name was Marlon, he seemed in the same vision that I did. And, and so we, he, he'd take a couple of nights and I'd take a couple of nights. And oh man, I'll tell you, nothing warms your heart more in the wintertime than, 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 than doing and having a purpose for God. But then what happened, summer came. And it was getting tired. It wasn't the exuberance fuzzball that I had initially when it started. It almost became a job. It was almost work. And I remember that I remember talking to Marlon. And I said, Marlon, I said, man, I said, you know, it's, it's 90 degrees outside. I got a boat. I want to go skiing. I got to go down and start this thing at 6 o'clock. And I want to go boating. What I'm saying is the exuberance of a new ministry starting, and this is what happens to so many pastors and so many different ministries. It's all so exciting. But then when the labor, the day-to-day comes in and goes out, all of a sudden other things seem to be more attractive. That's what happened to me. And I remember in a black felt marker, on we, we had a shelf, we had the the, the, the uh, tape players down here and we had our monitors up here what was going out over the cable and, and um, in a scribbly pen black felt marker he wrote this verse and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart I thought God that 
And so this verse means something to me in a special way because I remember on those hot summer nights when I wanted to go skiing, I wanted to go do my own thing, and I was committed because I made a promise to God, and there I was, and I remember going in and reading that verse. And I go, wow, God. I look back at this verse and I go, of a truth. I never dreamed that that was preparing us for what I would be doing later on in life. And now, as you know, this fellowship, we have over 400 radio stations. We have 10 television stations. We have all this stuff. We're, we're in every country in the world via the Internet and over the air live in Tonga. And I, I look at that and I just go, don't lose heart. If you're in your relationship with God and you feel strained, all I can tell you is don't lose heart. You will reap in that season which God has for you. You say, well, but, but I'm not there yet. No, but, but you will be. But always remember God has more for you. Therefore, verse 10, and we'll close here. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, not just those that we like, especially to those or of the household of faith. Be good to each other is what it says. Watch over each other. Watch over each other's reputation. Don't let anybody murder your friends through a, 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 deceptful, a, decept, a deceitful tongue. Protect one another. You know, if you hear somebody cutting somebody down, you know what you do? You say, I got an idea. Let's call that person right now and get their side of the story. Oh, watch them squirm. Oh, oh man. They want to just run and hide and crawl under any chair they can find. So that's what you do. That's how you stop it. Because remember this, if they're cutting somebody down to you when you're not around, they're cutting you down to somebody else. Just the way it works. It's called MO. A lot of people go, what's your, what, MO, what does that mean? Modus operandi. That's how they operate. Well, don't let that affect you. Again, if you see somebody that needs a touch from God, if they see them not going right, consider yourself first. Say, you know, God, I really, I got my own problems. And because I've got my own problems, how would I want somebody to talk to me? So you go up and instead of chopping them down, putting them on the internet, slandering, you put your arm around them and say, hey, I'm here for you. That's what love is. That's what real church is. That's what real God is. I think it's so important. This morning we have communion. And in communion, Jesus was in the upper room with his closest, dearest disciples and even Judas Iscariot. And we remember that Judas Iscariot excused himself. He said, what you do, do quickly. He left the room. And Jesus is there with his disciples. And as he's gathered there with them, he takes the cup, and he holds it up. He says, this is my blood which was shed for you. We recognize that without blood, the Old Testament tells us, there is no forgiveness of sin. That's why you would take a bull or a goat or, or a bird to the high priest. And the priest would have you lay your hand on the bird, and then you would lay, you, he would take and transfer your sin from you to the bird. He'd lay one hand on the animal and one hand on you and pray that your sin would go to this animal and the animal was killed in your place. That's how serious sin is. 
Well, the Bible also says that he held up the bread and broke it, and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, I I, want to make something clear here, because a lot of people say, well, that bread actually becomes the body of Jesus. No, it doesn't. In fact, Jesus himself said, this is my body which is broken for you, and he broke the bread. He didn't snap a thumb off, pass it around and say, okay, everybody, gnaw on it a little bit. He said, the bread, he passed it around. It's symbolic. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life that came down from heaven. Now, what sustained the children of Israel in the wilderness when they went from Egypt into the promised land for those 40 years? The manna, the bread that came down. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now, Peter tells us something interesting. And I was raised in church. And uh, I've always shared this before. I bet you my stories are as strange as yours. But um, I remember that we'd have communion. But I knew the, ble- the, the cup was his blood and for forgiveness of sin. And the bread was his body. But Peter tells us, by his stripes were healed. And that's what the bread was all about. The bread is for your healing. In fact, he tells us, uh, Paul tells us in Corinthians uh, chapter 11. He said, when you partake of the table unworthily, now not recognizing what it is, he said, this reason there's many sick and dead among you. It's not that I would ever be worthy enough to have communion. That's not what it's talking about. It's that we don't recognize the importance of the only physical way Jesus said we could remember him by. Not by a cross around our neck or I've shared this before a bronze statue in front of the church or an 8 by 10 glossy of Jesus in the back of the church. The only tangible thing Jesus gave us to remember him by was this supper. Isn't that amazing? Peter said by his stripes you're healed. We're complex. You're a complex being. I am too. We're a body, mind, and spirit. If any one of those three elements are ill, we don't function right, do we? You see people jump off bridges in perfect health. Why? Their soul is sick. Have some bread this morning. That's going to heal you. When you hold that bread in your hand, just think about maybe a bad memory or something that troubles you, maybe an individual, and just hold that in your hand and say, Lord, I ask you to heal me of these feelings. God, I ask you to heal me, my body. I ask you to heal me of my memories, my thoughts, my ability to love, my ability to be loved. God, don't let my past paralyze me anymore. That's what the bread's for, friends. The cup reminds you, you're redeemed by him. You're his kid. But he's provided a way for you to be healed today. So as we have communion, and if I can have the the guys come forward and um, and uh, we'll get that. I would just want to encourage you again, letting God be God in your life. You know, it's so important because, again, if you're not a Christian here today, communion's meaningless. It doesn't have any purpose because you're celebrating God. You're celebrating what he did for you on the cross without ever receiving what he did for you on the cross. So before we have communion, I'd like to just, I'd like to just, um, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, let's pray and let's ask God to change. If you say, I I need Jesus, 
I, 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 want, I, I don't want my life to just go on. I don't want another 10 years like I just had. I want a brand new me. Jesus changed me this morning. He'll do as you ask. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I'm sorry for all the things that I've done. And I ask you to help me that I'll never do those things again. And if I do, God, I know you'll forgive me. But I want my life to reflect your heart. So from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Make me the best I can be for you. Write my name in your book of life so that I can spend eternity with you. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I'll be about your business. And thank you for dying on the cross for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening, and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.